What is up and welcome in to a Soda Soccer sit down and today I have the pleasure of talking to the man who captained the first ever U.S. Olympic curling gold medalist. He's made five straight Olympic appearances, nine straight world championship appearances, native Minnesotan and most importantly for this interview, new co-owner of Duluth FC is John Schuster. John, how are you, man? Thanks so much for coming on the show. Good, Jeremy. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone's come to know your curling resume by now. Two-time Olympic medalist, of course, the gold in 2018, eight-time U.S. Na national champion, looking to make it nine this week, by the way. Uh, but we're not going to talk much curling here in this interview because you recently took a co-ownership role with Duluth FC alongside local soccer club founder Alex Giuliani. So tell me, where did this soccer, where did your soccer fandom begin? Where did your association <laughs> with soccer begin? Have you always been a fan? Is this a recent thing? Kind of walk me through that. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. I I was from a small town that didn't have soccer. I think if we had soccer, mm -hmm. I would have been a soccer player because I just love sports, right? Yeah. Um, but we didn't, you know, not growing up around it and curling kind of from the time I left Chisholm uh, to come down to the Duluth area, um, you know, curling was kind of king for me. So, yeah. uh, but in 2019, my wife, or I saw a Facebook post to a friend of mine that um, said that they were looking for host families for Duluth FC. And to be honest, I didn't even know that what that was mm -hmm. and then i you know i'm a google junkie so i go in there i'm like holy crap we have a semi-pro team in up here in duluth yeah and uh and, and i told my wife looks like we're hosting soccer players haha -ha, because <laughs> a our house is like we have our basement that we pretty much don't use that we have room and b mm -hmm. she always had she had a few foreign exchange students growing up and had awesome experiences yeah and uh and before you know what i think i was in china at the time playing in a world cup uh curling event and uh, I think it was like beginning of May. And when I got home, we had three soccer players living at our house. <laughs> <laughs> but that experience was amazing, having them living with us and yeah. going to the games, started to under, like start understanding the sport and then mm -hmm. fall in love with the sport a little bit. And uh, and one of our neighbors and some of our best friends, uh, our neighbors actually, Joe Mooney, who's the head coach of the UWS soccer program, yep. had a very, very successful. So I've, I've had a little bit of help getting into my soccer fandom. But, uh, but yeah, really just fell in love with the game and the people a lot like I did with curling when I was a kid. I guess how familiar were you? I mean, before the host family, you had no idea that Duluth FC was even really a, a thing. So, I mean, how did, I guess, how did you get from host family to looking into this ownership role? I guess, how long has this process of, you know, considering it, pursuing it, knowing the opportunity was even there? Kind of when did that start to where we are now? Uh, you know, so after we hosted for a year and, and you know, get to know the previous owner, Tim Sass, and, uh, you know, at games. And then I, I remember sitting down, having breakfast with Tim, and he really wanted to get some people around him knowing the size he was, you know, that the club was starting to get. We were starting to get, you know, three, four, 500 fans at games. And mm -hmm. it was growing, and it was great. I mean, it is great. and um, And, yeah, sitting down with him you know, started becoming like more involved and, you know, getting to know the coaches a little bit. And, uh, and actually when, when Tim took his, his promotion or got reassigned down to the Minneapolis area, um, he approached me saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to have to sell the team because it's going in a great direction and I'm not going to be able to, you know, do what I had been doing. So, you know, would you be interested in, you know, either a buying it, which I mean, I would have loved to buy it solo probably, but not, uh, <laughs> not the right time in our lives. We got nine-year-olds, seven-year-old kids that uh, yep. that are both both now soccer players as well. But um, but I said, you know, if I could get involved with, you know, whether it be a group or another owner kind of thing, and that's where, 
you know, I think it was actually Tim who said, you know, I'm going to, I'd like to introduce these guys because I know they're both very interested in being involved in, in ownership. And, uh, and yeah, for my first meeting with Alex, uh, or my other corner, it was, it was pretty evident that, um, he had the passion and, and, you know, the one thing we've always lacked is, is notoriety. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people just like me that, you know, still don't know we exist. I think we think maybe about 20% of our area knows we're even a thing. And, you know, even coming to the table with that and a little bit of, you know, my history and the athletics in our area would, would help raise that, you know, get our platform to be bigger than just the, the, you know, intense soccer community in our area to, to expand it because our product is amazing. Everybody I've ever taken to a game is like, holy cow, I did not realize we had this quality of soccer available yep. for us in our hometown. You'd be amazed even even here in the Twin Cities, people say that about Minnesota United, and that's MLS, right? Like, oh, I barely knew that this team existed, and then you take them to a game, and all of a sudden they're hooked, right? All you got to do is expose them to the game that one time, and all of a sudden that that snowball effect really, really starts to roll. So um, speaking of Alex, how long have you known him? Did you guys just meet each other during this process? Had you known him prior? How did you get connected with Alex? I I mean, I've known who he is because, you know, he's been uh, tied to some other, you know, things that you know besides being a well-known member of our community um he's been tied to some other things that you know but i'd never met him prior to that one day when yep. when when tim said hey you guys should talk um but chris Blyze, who plays third on my curling team is really really good friends with his son and so mm-hmm. you know i think that connection really helped bridge that gap for familiarity where he knows a lot you know more he knows more about me probably than you know, just reading in the papers or seeing on TV or whatever like that. So, um, but that was, that was my first intro to him, but, but it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, you never know when connections like that are going to happen. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think we find that at the curling rink all the time where, you know, you sit down with somebody after a game that you never met before and all of a sudden they become one of, you know, your people. And, and it felt like that from the get go, uh, from the first time I met Alex. For sure. Um, let's look ahead now. Obviously this is going to be a process and take some time. I mean, you literally just, just, you know, took over the team in a sense. Uh, but where do you see this club going over the next five, 10 years? You talk about increasing the notoriety in the community, but are there any specific short and or long-term plans that you guys have in mind? Or are you still kind of flesh those out a little bit? Um, I mean, obviously that's going to be a flesh out process, but yeah. uh, I think, you know, the first thing we want to make sure we do this year is keep that continuity. We had a, we had a great team last year. I mean, it was evident, not just from results, but um, you know, you watch games and, and, you know, we had, we had a, a great team and we have a great coaching staff in place. And, and through this process, you know, I get to know Charlie, our general manager too. And, and he is passionate and he put every, he had all of his ducks in a row. And so I think knowing that we could have that continuity, which was also one of the things with, you know, Alex and I purchasing the club that we were going to have that continuity um, was really important. And, and I think, you know, we're not, we're not afraid to try to grow, not just at our level, but I mean, you know, short-term plans here is, is to increase attendance and make sure more people know about us. And, and when we do that, I think, you know, the other things that come, we, we tinkered around with an academy team a few years back, you know, I think maybe just Mm -hmm. two years ago. Um, That's something that for us, uh, we really just want to use our platform as a team and as a successful team to transfer that success and that knowledge of the game um, and the skill development down to our youth levels too. Yep. So partnering with, with all of our youth, I mean, we have a bunch of youth programs that are all in a very close area and, and providing resources and whether it be via camps or academies, 
um, is going to be very important. And that's, uh, that's definitely one of our, one of our main goals is to unite our soccer community, you know, city to city, club to club to be, you know, like, like Minnesota United has done down in the cities. I mean, I know there's a lot of really good soccer programs down there. And I think you, Minnesota United, if you go to any games down there, everybody has United gear on and it actually feels like a family as opposed to rivalries. And that's, yep. and that's our hope to, to do in Duluth in the, in the short and long term. Definitely. Um, do you look at any other clubs, whether it be professional or amateur, that you sort of you know want to maybe model Duluth after, or have you are you already maybe taking inspiration from some things some other clubs are doing and say, hey, that'd be cool if we could do that, or maybe we could take that and use it for Duluth, anything like that? Um, I mean, not necessarily. I think mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's it's taking. I you know, I went to a I flipped a coin actually at the United game last year when we played Austin in August, yeah. and uh, which by the way, coin flip victory. Just going to say that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, when you go down to United game and you see that it's a full experience, like from the time you pull up outside of the stadium, they have all kinds of events and games going on. Not like we're going to be able to do that quite as scaled. But um, you go to, you know, UWS soccer games. And at halftime, they always have, you know, a, last year they had like a Culver's kick for, you know, win Culver's for a year, kicking into a small net from whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, really creating an experience, not just the game going along with it is is something i think we're definitely you know going to model after what the minnesota united have absolutely in spades um but you know obviously other other amateurs i i haven't got a chance to meet talk too much like other owners and general managers um you know around the country i've seen them on some zoom calls i'm doing some npsl university stuff so i'm learning the ins and outs of the league and see all these people and and i imagine we'll use that community you know in the future whether it be owners meetings like i know there was one in november that that Alex attended and, uh, and yeah, and try to figure out, you know, best practices and things that people are excited about and how you get a, you know, share your product with the world the best you can and to, and to be, you know, have, have a great experience for fans. Anything going through kind of like the educational aspect of, you mentioned the NPSL university, I'm sure you're going through a lot of like soccer education, just in general, as, you, as you're doing this, anything specific stand out to you in that process, or maybe that you really didn't know before that, that you're learning or just something that maybe you, DFC fans can sort of see, maybe put into place as, as we move forward in the 2023. Um, I mean, the, the learning curve is going to be, you know, steep, but that's why we lean on Charlie and uh, yeah. Don our coach. Cause you know, they've been through this, they've been in this league, they've been, you know, at this level for, for that certain amount of time. But, uh, yeah. you know, for me, I've, I learned that, okay, I had, you know, I have my black book that I've been jotting notes down in constantly since, since we took over the club. And, um, and I went to a staff meeting a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, holy cow, there's so many things that these people on our staff are doing that I didn't even think about. So yeah. for me, it's just to have an open mind and lean on the people that have done it and created what we've created. And, and try to contribute where I can to either a take some, you know, responsibility off their plate that either they don't want or they, you know, or might be too much, and to be, you know, a great support system for, for what we have going on. Yeah, well, so that's one of the things that stood out to me too. You know, I started this podcast almost three years ago now, and sort of really kind of understanding how some of these lower league clubs work in and around the state. It's like there are so many things that go on behind the scenes, and it's really almost a hundred percent a labor of love. In terms of how how hard people are working and and uh you know what they get from it monetarily a lot of times is, is nothing if, if anything so um that's you know that's one of the things i think is beautiful about lower league soccer is so many people are so passionate about it and willing to work so hard for it um to, to help the game grow so um that's awesome um 
you know, as you sort of look at what you're doing off the ice, so to speak, obviously you have this new ownership role with Duluth FC. Any other personal goals or endeavors that you're pursuing um, as you move forward, if anything? Yeah, I mean, I got uh, I got a few irons in the fire in a bunch of places. Yeah. You know, I do a lot of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going and traveling around the state country, um, you know, doing appearances and speaking and that kind of stuff, sharing my story. But um, I'm also right now, you know, I just got named onto the pro staff of a friend of mine who's got a fishing foundation that takes, you know, people touched by cancer, you know, yep. on, on ridiculous fishing trips and, uh, mm-hmm. and tying that in even with, you know, another, another guy in the fishing community here. So that's something I have a ton of passion for is, is, you know, what fishing does for me. Cause I know that's my mental break from, from life is I, you know, get out, whether it be on the water, on the ice, um, that kind of stuff. So, so there'll be some stuff, you know, in the near future here where, where that, is going to appear as well. I think I might even be potentially filming a show with my buddy who's got a, a fishing show on our local station up here and nice. um, and doing that kind of stuff too. But, um, but yeah, it's, I'm just, I'm just always looking for things because, you know, curling has been my full-time job other than being a stay-at-home dad with my kids, you know, from the time they were born. And, um, and I'm just really looking forward to, to this, you know, focusing on soccer and I've been focusing on it, you know, off of the ice. That's been, you know, my primary focus here in the last, last month month or so and um and yeah it's i just enjoy you know being involved trying to trying to make a difference you know in in our community in the world whether it be whether that be with you know curling or you know sports in general is some place that i'm very comfortable in because i just love it so much and i it's given me you know so much and and to see what it's given me and how it's happened um and see you know i mean i see every day what, what curling means to to the curlers in my curling club, you know, I was still curling two weeks a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and be able to add soccer to, uh, to that platform. And I've, I already know half of our curling club has already talked to me and, and are excited about coming and seeing what we have going on there. And, yep. and really just, I, I think seeing how amazing of a game and a community of soccer we have in our town, sharing that with people that maybe aren't yet uh, a member of that community is, is exciting to me. Yeah, I mean, as long as you make some time to flip the coin before every DFC home game, maybe even the road games too. Maybe you travel them and flip the coin. You know, maybe we can get an undefeated season for the Blue Greens this year. Uh, uh, anything else we should let the people know, listening or watching know that that might be going to games or might be really you know heavily invested in the team. Anything else that they should know as we ramp up toward twenty twenty three here? I mean, one of the cool things I think that our team has going on is, I mean, our social media team that does it. Um, these are some guys that are you know. I, I could see these guys doing social media at a much bigger level on sports because yep. they're so good. I mean, it's it's a really good follow. I mean, Duluth mm-hmm. FC on Twitter and Instagram is an incredible follow. Follow and uh, and even you know we're we're really trying to do all we can with you know our our live streaming of the games to to again that that's the one thing where maybe we I'll do a lot more of is looking around at random live streams around the country and and see what the best product sets out there. And try to continue to improve that because, um, you know, sharing the game, not just with people who are willing or able to come and sit in the stands. I know in curling, for instance, you know, so many people watch our games, you know, online on TV and, and how big that is. So, um, yeah, and, and we got a, we got an excellent product there and, uh, and in social media. Yeah, so many clubs I talk to, you know, obviously that's a big, big portion of their 
yearly revenue is is ticket sales and the people coming to those games. And a lot of the the common themes I hear is, you know, it'd be great it'd be great if we maximize that, but also not have to rely on it so much for for revenue or just overall awareness of of who we are and what we're doing. So, um, yeah, I think that's a that's a really really good idea. Well, John, good luck in your first season owning Duluth, and good luck this week as well at the U.S. Nationals. You're actually playing later today as we're recording here. Yeah, I play at uh, I play in about uh, five hours, four and a half hours. Wow. Yeah. And you're, you're fitting in some time for a soda soccer sit down. I, I appreciate that. I'll let you get to it. I know you have some family coming in uh, a little bit later on to a lot of other things you got to focus on. So I'll let you get to that. Um, I'm sure we'll talk again soon though. John Schuster, new co-owner of Duluth FC. Um, really appreciate it, man. And uh, best of luck. Thanks, Jeremy.